raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! And we'll get into the weeds of this a little bit here. Big day in regards to the Delphi murders. Let's start with some high-profile legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. So the Indiana Supreme Court, we've reached this level in what's going on with the defense team of Richard Allen. Again, Richard Allen is the guy that is the suspect in the slayings of Abby and Libby in Delphi a number of years ago. But Richard Allen wants his old defense team back. The judge in this trial, Fran Gall, said, no, we're going to get rid of these guys because information has been leaked. We think they're incompetent. And Richard Allen's like, well, wait a minute. I want my incompetent defense team. So the Indiana Supreme Court heard arguments and testimony this morning on behalf of Richard Allen's request to bring back the morons that got let go in the first place. <laughs> now they got they they resigned. They they originally left because they felt intimidated and threatened by the judge who were who was saying those things about them. But Richard Allen's like, no, 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 no. I want you guys. I'd like you guys back. And the judge is like, nah, sorry, sorry. And so that's why we're now here at the Supreme Court. And really, I feel bad for the the victims' families. There is just, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any sort of resolution, any sort of trial, anything, any justice in sight in the near future. You think everything's going to be delayed? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. They were in attendance today. Like, it was all of the major players in this investigation. You had the state police superintendent, Doug Carter, the lead investigators on this murder case, the Carroll County prosecutor, relatives of Abby and Libby. I mean, this was some high drama stuff happening at the Indiana Supreme Court. And really, three things were on the line here. So Richard Allen's team, number one, they wanted to bring back the attorneys they started with to begin with, they also want the court to remove Judge Fran Gull from this case, and they also want a trial date to begin within 70 days. These were the three asks of the defense team of Richard Allen today. And I got to be honest, I watched a little of this in my back office. I've seen a lot of comments on social media. I've spoken with a lot of people about this. And it sounds like today may have been a good day for the defense team of Richard Allen. I don't think, I'm just speculating, I don't think the Supreme Court is going to dismiss the judge in this case, which is what the defense wants. Right. That was one of the secondary asks, I believe. The main part of what they want is to bring back the original defense It's crazy to me. This guy wants his defense attorney. You have a right. Like, I don't like Richard Allen. I I don't like, you know, anything about the, (laughs) what he's being charged with, but you need to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. Get this guy to trial. And he has a right to a defense. If he he wants to have the guys in the corner eating paste, he should absolutely (laughs) have the guys in the corner eating paste if that's what he wants. So that's really what this was about today. The other things I think they kind of just threw in there at the last minute. 
But it sounded like the Indiana Supreme Court, again, this is just my opinion and the opinion of those that I trust and have spoken with, they seem like they were siding with the request from Richard Allen's team. Now, could be totally wrong. The next day, week, month, whenever they come up with the decision, they could come out and say no, no, no on everything. But just watching the interactions today, watching the back and forth, it felt like those Indiana Supreme Court justices were actually on the side and they were kind of understanding what Richard Allen wanted. What about the dude that was like a former co-worker in the law office that actually leaked some of those crime photos. Was he there? Did that get mentioned today? So he had a separate pre-trial conference. That was the guy from Westfield who got into the law office of the original attorneys, leaked out the crime scene photos to people. He had his own separate pre-trial conference today. And that's basically where the lawyers get together. You know, you dot the I's, you cross the T's, you get ready for future court dates. So while that was happening... And the Indiana Supreme Court uh, was hearing from Richard Allen's defense team. We had more action in regards to Delphi. The prosecutors in the case against Richard Allen have added additional charges on top of what he's already been charged with. They're throwing kidnapping charges on top of the murders of Abby and Libby. So it was a busy, wild day in regards to the Delphi investigations and our newsroom. They've been amazing. They've got you up to date with everything you need. WIBC.com. Turning our attention to the race for 2024. We are just about five days away from the New Hampshire primary. And Donald Trump at this point, when you listen to him campaign, Ron DeSantis isn't even on his radar anymore. It's Nikki Haley. It's all about Nikki Haley. The people behind Nikki Haley are pro-amnesty, they're pro-China, they're pro-open borders. You know, she wants open borders, don't kid yourself. Pro-war, and they're pro-Biden, because those are the people that are sending them. Biden people are coming in, they have Biden stuff, and they're coming in to register and to to vote in your primary. It is crazy. you got to get that change. We're going to take it. If we weren't popular, how do you win? Where everybody's allowed, basically, to come and vote. But right now, we don't want Democrats voting in the Republican primary, Sununu. Sununu ought to do that instead of walking around with Nikki Haley. Of course, Sununu, the popular uh, politician in the state of New Hampshire that's hitched his wagon to Nikki Haley. But Donald Trump, two straight days now, attacking Nikki Haley. He had a little help from Vivek yesterday, and now he's on his own. I I I think this New Hampshire primary is tailgate worthy. Really? I do. I do. I think it's going to be a lot closer than Iowa. So Tuesday night, are we getting the wings? Are we getting the cake? I'm breaking breaking dry January, (laughs) I think. Dry-ish January. It's a gray um, area about how dry it really is. (laughs) Kind of fuzzy. Nikki Haley seems to be pretty confident. The numbers are there for her. Not anywhere close to where they were in Iowa. Um, But... I think she's she's kind of cocky here. Definitely getting kind of cocky. She's talking about being only a stone's throw away from uh, Donald Trump and the numbers he's getting. And if you're Nikki Haley's campaign staff, 
assuming you don't lose by 30 points in second place the way DeSantis did in Iowa, then you can claim progress, right? If Donald Trump wins by 6 to 10 percentage points in New Hampshire, which leans very left, they like left-leaning Republicans in New Hampshire, which is why Nikki Haley is incredibly popular— if it's around 6 to 10%, Nikki Haley's camp's going to have a parade. I wish I should have looked up the numbers beforehand. I wonder where Vivek was in terms of polling in New Hampshire, because all those numbers, all that, whatever that low percentage was, is going to go to Donald Trump as well. I believe it was above Ron DeSantis, which isn't saying a lot. I think we're talking about <laughs> 7 to 5% in New Hampshire. Again, it's a very blue country yeah. up there. Now, NBC News kind of threw a little nugget out this morning that Donald Trump is reportedly considering Elise Stefanik, the New York House rep, to be his running mate in 2024. She's kind of a flamethrower. She's a Trump supporter. She is the one you see a lot, you know, doing the interviews on television. She was the one grilling the Harvard professors, the 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 presidents of those Ivy League schools about anti-Semitism on their campus. Correct. And according to this article that NBC News put out, that was the moment where Donald Trump said, yeah. quote, she's a killer. We need to put her on the list. So, for all the people that were thinking, maybe it's going to be Vivek, maybe it's going to be Nikki Haley, perhaps Christy Nome, another name is in the mix here, Elise Stefanik of New York. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What were you saying about career experts and the mistakes people make when they get a new job? I would just be the worst at even interviewing for a new job, let alone functioning someplace new. I'm just too comfortable here. I could see you, know? you interviewing for a job like the guys in Step Brothers did <laughs> in that movie. You and I were sitting down in front of some CEO. You know, we've got tuxedos on, and then somebody lets a big long fart. <laughs> Because that's kind of, you know, where we're at right now. Uh, But this list is making its way around of worst mistakes you can make at a new job. Number one, pretending you know everything. It says you might worry uh, that you'll seem incompetent if you ask too many questions, but ignore that instinct. Ask anyway. Not asking questions will just slow you down. You know what? Uh, It's funny. Um Years ago, when I was in between radio jobs, my buddy hired me to be his operations manager for a third-party logistics company that he started. Small, small thing. I'm like, why in the world? I don't know anything about logistics. Why in the world would you want me to come? He's like, because I don't want you to know everything. I want to bring somebody in here with experience that thinks they know more than I do. I'm going to teach you the way I do it. And that kind of resonated with me. And within two weeks, I you know, wasn't that bad. So was that how Pete Buttigieg got his job? <laughs> We're going to bring somebody in that doesn't know his left from his right. Somebody that doesn't know his rear end from a hole in the ground. And we're going to make them yeah. in charge of transportation. 
<laughs> That's a big job. Uh, Mr. Biden, I, I don't know anything about it. Ah, uh, hell, look who's the president. You're going to be fine. Uh, this is some other things on the list. The career experts list of mistakes you're making at a new job. Being antisocial. It says, don't be shy or isolate yourself. Put yourself out there and talk to people. Well, you know what? That's easier said than done, though. Like, what if you've got anxiety? What if you're somebody that's just not a people person? You know, my youngest son, you know, he's a little on the shy side. He's super smart, always gets straight A's. I think he's on pace to graduate high school in three years. But he's not, you know, the type that's going to walk around, smack somebody on the ass and go, how about that playoff game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, probably just ease into the social aspect of uh, what you do for a living, you know, right. in the office, so to speak. Don't be Michael Scott from the office, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, maybe just kind of don't don't be shy. Don't isolate yourself, but at the same time, don't be you know, you know, Mister Party Pants. Right. You know. So, Allison, let me ask you this. Let's say we have a uh, intern coming in. Right. Let's say it's somebody getting college credit. He walks through the front door. He sees you and he's like, hey, sweet thing. Let me buy you a fish sandwich. <laughs> What's your response to that? Does that work for you? Why fish? <laughs> That's uh, very interesting. Why would you go to fish? Legitimate question. I'm just using the uh, the great pickup line of the ladies man, Leon Phelps. <laughs> Uh, number three on the list, bad-mouthing your old job. Yeah, you probably don't want to do that. Probably. Unless it's radio. If you come in here and say, boy, I worked at Q95 and that place is a dump. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll laugh. We'll have a good time because we've worked over there and we know that's true. Um, number four on the list, talking about how things were better at your old job. So let's just say you know somebody that used to work at X103, and yeah. they talk nonstop about their glory days at X103, Allison. What would you think about said person? Yeah, I mean, th there's probably, yeah, that's pretty. Kind of wears you out after a while, right? Yeah, no kidding. Are you, like, jabbing me or something? <laughs> Is this, was that directed towards me? I don't know. I, I did work there in the heyday, though. Yes, you did. I did. We're I well, some, well aware. I got into some trouble, for sure. <laughs> Let's do some booze news. Oh, yeah, please. You set them up, and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news, because it's really fun. Oh, it's your lips. It's so good. It's your present. Booze news, booze news. Yeah. Time for booze news. There are parts of this story that I agree with and parts that I don't. Okay. So, according to a new report, alcohol dependence in Russia has increased for the first time in a decade. This is from the Russia State Statistics Department. <laughs> While I agree that it's probably increased, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Russians were keeping it dry well before this recent report. Oh, please. They have a notorious reputation of being huge drunkards. <laughs> like, I think people in Ireland look at Russia and go, my God. <laughs> so so I, be, I bet you what this is, is, um, you know, the Ukraine war, the Russia and the war with Ukraine. I bet that's what the increase is. Does it mention that at all? It says that the information showed that the full-scale invasion of Ukraine mm -hmm. is the reason why some people have been diagnosed with alcohol dependence, and the number is on the rise. 
So, dude, the Ruskies love their vodka, man. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, I mean, again, they're they're known for their drinking. Right. But I'm not buying that this is the first increase in a yeah. decade. Like, I think the Russians, they probably break a record every year. <laughs> but the statistics department tries to keep it under wraps to make it look like they're not so, you know, over the top with it. But you're right. So, we are here to help at the Hammer and Nigel show. Okay. Knowing that the Russian people are trying to limit the amount of drinks per night now because some of them have a problem. We figured out a way they could have just one beer a night and still have a good time. Do you like beer but can't get drunk from beer? Then try new vodka beer. The can says beer, but inside is 12 ounces of carbonated vodka. And the best part is, your wife will never know. Honey, I'm so proud of you. Cutting down to one beer a night. Take off your underwear. Vodka beer. From the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, man, big meeting yesterday, Hammer. Big meeting with presidential poopy pants in the Congress. Joe Biden wants to send um, just a couple more million dollars to Ukraine. Oh, wait, I have the figure wrong. Oh, 60 billion more dollars to oh, Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. Well, I assume that he has no problem at all saying we're going to fix what's happening here in the United States first, though, right? That's, that's not happening. <laughs> My God. Um, So this big bipartisan meeting, Republicans, Democrats, House, Senate, they all came together. They played grab ass. They had to be done by five because Biden had to go to bed. But they all got together. They talked about the proper use of the American money. Here is the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. A productive meeting, I think, House and Senate leaders. Uh, the president was very forthright. I told the president what I have been saying for many months, and that is that we must have change at the border, substantive policy change. We understand that there's concern about uh, the safety, security, sovereignty of Ukraine, but the American people have those same concerns about our own domestic sovereignty and our safety and our security. But we must insist, we must insist that the border be the top priority. I I think we have some consensus around that table. Everyone understands the urgency of that, and we're going to continue to press for it. Narrator, but he doesn't have consensus (laughs) around the table. He never had consensus around the table. Nothing's going to get done. Oh, I'm sure they'll get it done for Ukraine, but in terms of securing funding for the border, I don't see it happening. I don't want to hear that, you know, this is the main you know thing that we can all agree on. No, it's not. Hell, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she did an interview this morning and said the important part of yesterday's meeting, again, these are her words, the important part is making sure that Ukraine gets the money. And we understand you need both sides. You need Republicans and Democrats to deal with this issue. The president is encouraged by that. He had he uh, he um, had Republicans and Democrats at uh, at the White House today to talk about for primarily Ukraine. That was the the, the 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 important part of that meeting to talk about the importance of funding Ukraine and making sure that they can they can continue to fight against the tyranny and fight against uh, the aggression of Mr. Putin. 
important and what's happening there, especially in the last two years. How did that meeting go? Because it's obviously good. the border yeah. plus Ukraine yeah. are sources of extreme tension between Republicans yes. and Democrats. And it's part of that national national security supplemental that the president put forth a couple of a couple of months ago. It's important. The reason why it's a supp supplemental is because there it's an emergency request. We have to continue to fund Ukraine because it's about our national security, not just about Ukraine. Obviously, Ukraine is doing something that's really important against fighting for their democracy. So it's about national security. That's why we got to help Ukraine. Yeah, that's why we need to make sure all the bureaucrats over in Ukraine have their pensions funded, have their paychecks written. I mean, that's, that's that aspect is phenomenal to me that they're like they're funding United States dollars are going to to fund Ukraine's pension fund. And for ha 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 to tell me that she really cares about national security and the Biden administration cares about national security is laughable. And of course, nobody's pushing back on her. Now, that was a friendly interview on CNN, so they're not going to push back. But how can you give me a speech about money for national security and say Ukraine is the most important thing? Does anybody really think, okay, let's say Russia beats Ukraine, they're going to take over the rest of the world after that? Russia's having a hard time with Ukraine, and we have to fund Ukraine. Russia isn't this big, massive bully that a lot of people think they are. They're struggling with Ukraine. Does anybody feel like they're going to roll up to France, throw their arms up like Ice Cube and Boys in the Hood, and say, yeah, the new man's in town? <laughs> you know, no. And the other aspect of that is that this money is, you know, the $60 billion or whatever he wants. We don't know exactly where it's going. There's no. never been, we've been giving hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine for the past couple of years. Where's it all went? Where does it go? There's no oversight whatsoever. Nobody, no accountability. There are some oligarchs getting real rich over there. Well, some of the stuff has appeared on the dark web being sold, <laughs> and I'm sure the pension package for some of the higher-ups in Ukraine looks pretty damn sweet these days. But Corrine Jean-Pierre saying, yeah, the important part of the meeting was funding Ukraine, but we care about national security. She is so bad at her job, but you know who else is bad at their job? That's John Kerry. The climate czar. And we have a Hammers hero. Oh, and wow. now it's time for Hammers Heroes. John Kerry, your hero in this story? Oh, no. Oh. It's not John Kerry. It's what was said to John Kerry from European reporter from Rebel News, Avi Yemeni. So John Kerry, he's over there playing grab ass in Davos, sure. the World Economic Forum, where everybody flies in on their private jets and they lecture you about carbon emissions. <laughs> well, the reporter from Rebel News, Avi Yemeni, caught up with John Kerry outside of the convention and asked him why, year after year, he flies this big carbon-producing private jet back and forth to these conventions. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? Do you think it's worth it? That's a stupid question. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. You, you being here suggests that. Make up a stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. And, and I have done a huge amount. 
Good for that reporter. That's hilarious. That's Hammer's Heroes right there. That guy right there, because that's not an American reporter. You can't say that that's somebody from Fox or News Nation or that's some MAGA guy. That's an independent European reporter going, you fly private over here every year. You leave a carbon footprint, but then you want to finger wag at us. (laughs) And why is that a stupid question? Right. That's all John Kerry. That's the response John Kerry has. Oh, that's a stupid question. John Kerry is a loser. He's been a loser pretty much for the last decade, right? Got his butt handed to him in a presidential election. And ever since then, every year that chin drops a little bit lower and his career (laughs) expectations go a little lower too. Frank and Kerry. Frank and Kerry. So let's do great moments in John Kerry history. There's no such thing. There was another reporter asking him about his private plane use. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that an environmental way to travel? It's the only choice for somebody like me. Oh, (laughs) well, well, then. Somebody like me who is elite and very, very, very rich. Have you had Heinz ketchup? (laughs) Uh, Great moments in John Kerry. This is when he was called out at a... congressional hearing about the private plane use, which he tried to lie and say that his family didn't own one at first, and then he got caught. So, uh, I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. A few moments later. You uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023. The John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly (laughs) after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony that you've never owned or family? I personally, yes, my wife owned a plane. (laughs) Oh, okay. So he just perjured himself in front of Congress. No, it wasn't his plane. It was his wife's plane. He said, we, I've never owned a plane. We've never owned a plane. He's a total law of fraud and a liar. Wow. This is amazing, actually. Remember when he was on that uh, panel for climate change and he farted? I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the reality is that the climate crisis and the health crisis are one and the same. Okay, so in case you missed it, we've isolated the moment where John Kerry emits his own carbon (laughs) toxic gas. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Great moments in John Kerry history. Now, uh, you need a reason to drink tonight. It is the 62nd birthday of one of the great TV villains of all time. Really? Nellie Olson. Allison Arngrim is her name. From Little House on the Prairie. Nellie Olson, 62 years old today. She wrote a tell-all book about her time growing up on that show. And the name of the book, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. (laughs) 
<laughs> really? She said it was uh, odd <laughs> being a villain at that time because, again, this was before social media. You know, people would think she was that nasty all the time, and she had to explain to them, I'm an actress. I'm playing a character. I'm actually <laughs> really, really damn nice. <laughs> right. Her mom wasn't much better No the show. No, the old man, Olsen, he was just so defeated. Oh, you kind yeah. of felt for him. Oh, He's All the old. horrible hags that he had hanging out around him. But who would you put in the category of great TV villains of all time? Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> okay. Right? I, I thought you would go with Newman right off the bat. He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Nope, I'm going Skeletor. Skeletor. All right. Uh, who, who else you got? What do you got? Mr. Burns and the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. J.R. Ewing in Dallas, which I, I thought he was the hero of that show, to be honest. I never watched it. I love Dallas. My time. Loved it. Used to come on after Dukes of Hazard, and when I was at my m- grandma's house as a kid, just watched them both. Uh, I never watched Game of Thrones, but Joffrey. I'm told oh, Joffrey he was, was an awful bastard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hit us up at Hammer and Nigel, greatest villains in a TV series. Not talking about a movie, but a TV series. Great villains at Hammer and Nigel. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. To the Hammer and Nigel Show. So this guy in Utah, oh, this would be terrifying. He survived getting buried alive by an avalanche over the weekend while he was snowmobiling. His name's Robert. Here he is talking about getting buried and being rescued, along with some audio of the actual rescue. Just black. You can't see. You can't hear. I was riding away from it. And it just hit me in the back and threw me off the sled, and I just went tumbling down with the sled. There's been several times in my life when I've dodged death, and what hit me as I was laying under there, that if I make it, am I doing enough to help people? That's the direction I'm going, is trying to be smart about my life and then being there yep. to help whoever I can. Getting buried alive in an avalanche will definitely make you reevaluate your life, but that's terrifying. Uh, along with you know my top three death uh, phobias are uh, mauled to death by a grizzly. Yes. Drugged down to the bottom of the Atlantic by a great white shark and then eaten. Yes. And then, then, then buried alive in an avalanche or a mudslide or anything like that. Buried alive might be the worst Ugh. because the fear, the loneliness, you're just there. Like and you're claustrophobic. Right. You know, the shark might be pretty quick. Depending on the fight with the bear, it might be pretty quick. But if you're buried alive, you kind of know what the result's going to be and you just wait to die. I don't know. I think the... I, I think the bear fight would be quick. If you've seen The Revenant with uh, Leo DiCaprio, that's like a 15-minute long... I think the bear likes to toy with you is what I'm saying. Oh, that would be awful, too. I still would put that up there against okay. being buried alive. Man, that would be brutal. And in those conditions, too, like... 
you know, quicksand, sand, it doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Just suffocating and being buried alive is the absolute worst. On that happy note, top stories next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock All right. Hey, now, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Tara Hastings is a meteorologist for Wish TV 8. Tara, it's 30 degrees outside right now, and it feels like I'm ready to go outside without a shirt on, no pants. Oh, we don't like see it's that. the middle wait, of July. Wait, wait. Let's put the pants on. Yeah, here. Let's stick How about with some shorts. No deal. But we can uh, talk a little bit about what's going on here. So it feels like if you're somebody that has just been miserable for like the last week, week and a half, today is the yes. chance that you probably better get outside, right? Yeah, today we've got those temps uh, in the 30s, like you mentioned. It feels great. We have some sunshine out there, too. Um, I, I will say uh, we are going to see some snow moving through tonight, and then we're going to get a brief bitter blast. And then hang on, folks, because it is going to warm up next week, I promise. Okay. I saw 40. Did I see the, the, the number 40 next week at some point? Oh, you saw many 40s, and I mean mid and upper 40s. I, mean, we, we, I like we, we, we it. Marcus well. Bailey is talking about possibly golfing. You know, I mean, this is great stuff. So. <laughs> Marcus was out golfing in negative 20, though. That's what Marcus does. Gives you the that weather, goes and golfs. Repeat. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's get into like what's going to happen tonight and this weekend, right? Yeah. Before we get to the promised land of 40-degree <laughs> temperatures here, what are we looking at for this weekend? <laughs> All right. Now, um, here's an update here. We, I had, uh, if you have our Storm Track 8 weather app uh, or any kind of alert, you may have gotten uh, a new winter weather advisory uh, was issued here by the National Weather Service uh, right along the I-70 corridor. So earlier this morning, Marion County, Johnson County, those counties were not in the winter weather advisory. Now they are. Okay. So this goes into effect here at 9 o'clock tonight and lasts until 10 o'clock on Friday morning. And this includes the Indy metro area and then all the way up north. So we're talking about the potential of about one to three inches here along the I-70 uh, corridor. If you're a little bit farther south, like me in Johnson County, you may get about an inch or two, a little bit closer to Indianapolis, maybe about two or three inches. And then the farther north wow. you go, that's where we're going to see three, four, maybe even five inches farther north up near Kokomo, Lafayette, Muncie, Fort Wayne, those particular areas. But I want to stress here, I think the main impact is we're going to see the snow overnight, so we're talking about a, a snowy Friday morning commute. So we could see some snow out on the roadways as you are out and about early Friday morning. So kind of keep that in mind. And I do think early on Friday morning, we're still going to have some snow falling across parts of the metro area. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder what the airport's going to be like tomorrow. My wife is flying back in from Texas. Ooh, She's been yeah. uh, in from work all week. She's supposed to get in around noon. I mean, what are we thinking there? Um, so I think by, by noon, is it over? Yeah, I think by noon we'll be finished. In fact, by mid-morning, I think much of the accumulating snow comes okay. to an end here in Indianapolis. Now, well, the delays to school okay. are real, too, probably. I, you probably know, we could see, yeah. It's hard to predict, but... Well, yeah, we could see some school delays, yeah. I think, too. That's a potential. I also want to point out, too, if you are traveling maybe up farther northward, like let's say northwest Indiana, the region, my neck of the woods, right, where I grew up, 
there is a winter storm warning in effect for Quarter County, LaPorte County, and St. Joseph County around South Bend. There is going to be an intense band of lake effect snow that's going to set up here. <sighs> and we are talking a foot of snow possible. So areas like Valparaiso, Chesterton, in that region, like around South Bend, depending upon where that band kind of moves and shifts, we could see some intense snowfall rates of one to three inches per hour up in northern sections of Indiana. Yeah. And and throughout the day on Friday, we may see a few flurries from that here uh, across parts of central Indiana. But again, most of the accumulating snow will be over with. But intense lake effect snow van setting up here in northwestern sections of indiana but if you're somebody that is driving south like when i get done with the show on friday night at seven o'clock i'm hitting the road and i'm going to louisville for the weekend going straight down interstate 65 got a little u indy bowling we're going to uh it seems like it's going to get a little bit better the further south you go right that is correct. Uh, I do think the accumulating snow kind of decreases the farther south you go. However, I want to point out, too, everybody's going to get in on this bitter blast. We do have a wind chill advisory that goes into effect at 7 p.m. on Friday and continues until 10 a.m. on Saturday. We're talking about single-digit lows here Friday night into Saturday morning. Wind chill values at 15 degrees below oh, zero. Oh, come on. Yeah. Boo! Boo that woman. Boo! <laughs> It feels like we've had just day after day of, like, sub-zero wind chill. I don't know what the record is in Indiana. I don't think we're anywhere close to it, but it's been one day after the other. Uh, it, we were close. We ranked uh, the fifth longest streak. We were at 84 hours, I believe. So it was the oh, fifth wow. longest streak of sub-zero uh, wind chill values for Indianapolis. So, yeah, I mean, it was cold. And we have not seen temperatures above freezing since last Friday. <laughs> I do have good news for you. Uh, heading into next week, I think on Monday, we will be above freezing. Uh, for those of you who are like, okay, I'm out of, the, I want to get out of the deep freeze here. Uh, we're going to be in the 30s above freezing on Monday, and then into the 40s as nice. we go into the rest of the week. Yep. And so, what yep. kind of advisory <laughs> kicks in tonight for Central Indy? Like, I live in Boone County. What can we expect? Yep. What kind of advisories okay. are there? Yeah, yeah, we a winter weather advisory, weather. 9 p.m. Tonight until 10 o'clock on Friday morning for the possibility of some accumulating snow, uh, one to three inches in general right around the uh, I-70 corridor. Get all the latest information on Wish TV. You could also follow Tara at MetTaraHastings on Twitter. Tara, you're the best. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, you bet you guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Miss Allison, I need some mood music, please. Great move. We've got a scientific study to talk about, Nige. Scientific study out of the University of Copenhagen has found that men with man boobs are at a 37% higher risk for early death. No. Well, that means, judging by that, you should have died 12 years ago. Now, here's the silver lining. (laughs) There's silver lining. The good news is that this isn't for people who just got fat and developed a large chest. This is like if you were born with this condition. Okay. And if you are just somebody that, you know, is a decent shaped guy, but happens to have like Ric Flair style man boobs. (laughs) 
There's a 37% higher risk to pass away early. Oh. Well, if you can't tell, um, I go to Exercise Inc. and I have the pecs of a young Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so I think I'm fine in that area. So <laughs> I'm just relieved that this isn't a fat thing. It's a genetic thing. Genetics, yeah. So if you've got big old honkers and you just like to eat all the time, you're in the clear. <laughs> but somebody that works out all the time and drinks a lot of water and hits the gym, but you were just born that way, I'm going to live longer than they are. <laughs> Let that sink in just a little bit. Wow. Mind blown. Science. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Amber, how do we play Is This Anything? Are we doing Is This Anything? Because we were having a debate off the air. I'm going to let you, Big Nige, make the executive decision. Do we continue Is This Anything? Or do we play a quick round of caller roulette? Because somebody has been trying to call for the last 16 minutes. <laughs> do we dare take the call or do uh, we just we, want to do Is This Anything? Do we have the dump button ready? Allison, could we dump the call if we had to? Yes. All right, let's take the call. All right. We are going to the phone lines right now. We have no idea who this is or what it's about. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. What's your name? Hey, it's Marcus. I thought you guys were playing the worst villain game. Oh, we were talking about worst TV villains earlier. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead, Marcus. Who you got? I can give you two in the same TV show. Knight Rider, Goliath, and Carr. Say it again. I, I heard Knight Rider. Goliath and Carr. Okay, remind me who they were because I loved Night Rider. Uh, Goliath was the guy that had the semi truck, and yes. then Carr was the uh, duplicate of Kit. Oh, yeah. good one! Yeah, the one that had the yellow uh, thing in the front instead of red. Ah, oh. yes, Aldi's Kit. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm glad. Just like, the, just like the General Lee guys, you you you've been calling for 16 minutes to tell us that. Well, actually, I've done detailed two cars. In the meantime, you had me on hold that long. <laughs> <laughs> he did what? I didn't. He, He's detailed a few cars. Oh, okay, all right, all right, right on, man. Thank you. <laughs> I'm no glad problem, we took that. Thank you, brother. I'm glad we took it. Sometimes you get an omelet. Sometimes you get a broken yeah. egg when you do call a roulette. That was an omelet. I'm good with that. Uh, let's finish up with Is This Anything? All right. I'll write a story by you. Yes. You tell me if it's anything or not. Okay. So we got to get some resolution here. A lot of people saw this clip from the Wheel of Fortune where Pat Sajak allegedly told some contestant to shut up. <laughs> Here's the clip. According to my math, by $233, you are the winner. $11,900. That was going around. It was just a quick clip. She wouldn't shut up because she was excited that she won. And it's like Pat Sajak looking at her going, shut up. (laughs) The update. Yeah, there's context here. Is that the actual clip where he's talking to this woman. So she was the one who said, shut up in disbelief. That's why Pat Sajak repeats it. According to my math, by 200. Oh! You didn't mean that personally. No, no, no. According to my math, by $233, you are the winner. $11,900. Shut up! 
Uh, that's been a big phrase. So he's just I like, mimicking I like the her. other clip better. <laughs> I like the no context. Shut shut up. And then it just, you know, the clip's over. Knowing he's in his final season, just yeah. not giving a damn anymore, Pat Sajak. I mean, again, social media causing an unnecessary uproar for sure. And I, I'm really glad we could bring resolution to this matter here on the Hammer Nigel Show during the world famous Is This Anything segment. Is this anything? The Rancho Cordova City Council in California is considering changing a street name. The name of the street? Poopin' Not. <laughs> and the street Why are named, they changing it? There's a street named Poopin' Not. Poopin' Not Street. And there's also a sign on that street that says no dumping. <laughs> Here are people in the community talking about whether the street name should be changed oh, or not. These people. Poop, poopin' Not? Poopin' Not? <laughs> oh, I thought it was very strange. It's a funny name for a street. I wouldn't think that would be a street's name. I can see why people want to change. You've changed the name to something less offensive. Why change oh it? It's been God. there for so long. Who was that Karen that said we need to change it to something less offensive? It, it's a good thing that lady doesn't live in a real town called uh, Dildo, Newfoundland. That's a real. That's a real place. Place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So hmm. so if we could have Dildo, Newfoundland, I'm certain we can have Poopanot Street in California. We need to have new shirts on the merch store <laughs> that celebrate these places around the world. Yeah, no, these these kinds of names. Don't hassle me. I'm from Dildo. Poopinot. Poopinot. Poopinot Street. And it's the name of a street. Dildo's the name of, like a city, a town in Newfoundland. P-O-O-P-E-N-A-U-T. Poopinot. It's not I bad. That lady in that clip, she goes... We need to change it to something less offensive. Shut up! Fine. We now bring forth the resolution. It will be known as fecal knot. <laughs> fecal knot. <laughs> Is this anything? A woman took to TikTok to voice her uh, concern yeah. about starting a new job that uses that first initial last name format mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, an email address. Okay. So like here, it would be J Hammer. Yes. Or N Laskowski. Yes. This name? young lady, her name is Samantha Hart. <laughs> Think about it. Here is Samantha Hart. I am filled with dread over one aspect of moving to a different job that I always face when I do this, which is having to have the tough conversation about how my name fits into a company email structure. <laughs> my name is Samantha Hart, and most companies use the email designation of first initial last name, meaning that my email would be short. And at every single workplace, I have received an email from HR the week before I start, letting me know that my name does not exist exactly fit the company email structure oh, as they would intend it's her name it's her name she can't do anything about that right oh that's funny oh. when you said that name i knew immediately where that was going s heart at whatever it is so when you're just opening up your email oh shark <laughs> sent me a message that's so good fantastic this has been an interesting segment of is this anything for sure we got uh, some caller roulette in yeah. we got a shark update in <laughs> and we got a street name pooping knot 
This is the same chair yeah, Mike Pence I was gonna say. used to sit in and deliver the news of the day with a sharp wit. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Senator Fight! Oh, boy, Hammer, we've got a feud on our hands. Democratic Senator Dick Durbin versus Republican Senator Ted Cruz. So, Dick Durbin, which, again, I've said this before, sounds like something that happens when you have a bad spring break hookup. (laughs) Um, He's feuding with Ted Cruz because there's this judicial nominee that Joe Biden wants to push through. He's a Muslim guy. But he's also kind of got a history of being on this activist board that says some anti-Jewish things, some anti-American Israeli things, used to be a fundraiser and a board member for that group. Oh, great. And Biden wants to put him on the bench. So, Ted Cruz, in a previous hearing, had some tough questions for this individual. Well, that rubbed the panties of Dick Durbin (laughs) the wrong way. Durbin was upset and was citing a statement from the American Defamation League, the ADL, in support of this judge. Let me read the letter that they wrote to this committee and every member. As the leading anti-hate organization in the world and to secure justice and treatment for all, ADL is compelled to speak out about the inappropriate and prejudicial treatment of Adil Abdul-Mangi, a nominee for U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, during the Judiciary Committee hearing on December 13, 2023. Berating the first American Muslim federal appellate judicial nominee with Endless questions that appear to have been motivated by bias toward his religions is profoundly wrong. At the end of this questioning by Senator Cruz, I asked Mr. Mangi if he would want to give a complete answer. Here is what he said about the incident involved. I'll answer your question very directly, Senator Cruz. I will condemn without equivocation any terrorism any terrorist or any act of terrorism or any defense of any act of terrorism. He said that under oath unequivocally. Did you hear that in the response by Senator Cruz? You did not, I'm sure. So, again, in a previous hearing, Ted Cruz was asking this judicial nominee, hey, you're a board member and you're a fundraiser for this uh, group that spouts a lot of anti-Jewish, anti-Israeli, anti-American propaganda. Nothing wrong with that. You know, let's let's talk about this. So Durbin goes to the American Defamation League, and because they say it's okay. Uh, oh, everything's okay now at the ADL. Right. Yeah, yeah. They say everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. Here's Ted Cruz. Mr. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I I deserve a right to respond to that. Well, you'll decide that, but I'll decide, Senator. Well, well, you've impugned my character, and you made an accusation. I read that was a vicious lie. I'm going to quote from you what you said about me. You said that I had just asked a question, and here is a quote from you, Mr. Chairman. Quote that I'd said he is likely to be anti-Semitic or a terrorist because he is Muslim. Now you have just impugned my character by making a false accusation, and I will say it is. 
disgraceful. Did you respond to any of the substance of what I said? No. You just attacked me and called me a bigot, and you responded by stating deliberate falsehoods. You said he would be the first Muslim. Well, you know what? I understand. Excuse me. I I have a right to defend myself when you impugn my character in a way that is a new low for this committee. You did not dispute any of the facts I said about the organization that he was an advisor of, he was a donor of, he raised money for. Instead, you said he'd be the first Muslim on the federal court. Well, no, that actually is not correct. Oh, wow. This is amazing. Because there already is a Muslim that is a judge at the federal level. So that whole narrative is a lie. Not that that really has anything to do with the conversation. But when Ted Cruz is rolling, you don't stop him. The Democrats don't want to defend the substance. So now they're screaming Islamophobia. And I understand playing the race card when anyone disagrees with the Democrats. They scream racist. And so it is not the fact that that Mr. Mongi is a Muslim that is his problem. It is the fact that his record is extreme. And by the way, I want to introduce into the record, I ask unanimous consent to introduce into a record an article from the New York Post entitled Biden Judicial Nominee Draws Scrutiny Over Ties to Controversial 9-11 Memorial Event. I responded with substance and fact, and you responded with insults and invective that ignored the substance (laughs) that Mr. Mongi deliberately associated with a consistently anti-Semitic organization, and yet Democrats are perfectly happy for him to be a federal judge. (laughs) No problem whatsoever with Ted Cruz uh, quizzing whoever this judicial nominee is about his association with and, and, you know, being a donor to these uh, these uh, anti-Israeli, anti-American, anti-Semite groups. So this goes on for like six minutes. They're fighting. They're yelling back and forth. So let's hear how this whole thing ends. I stand by the statement that I read into the record from ADL, and I also stand I by the statement. I quote from you was not from ADL. I also stand by what was said under oath by Mr. Mongi after you finished trying to associate him with this organization, that he had no connection with it. Senator Did you Lane, just say he had no connection with this organization? Uh-oh. Is, is <laughs> that seriously what you said in this hearing? He was on the board of advisors, he was a donor and raised money for him, and you just said he has no connection with him? See, you twist this situation. Mr. Chairman, you just said he has no connection with this organization. Is that is that your view and the view of Senate Democrats? read his statement to you. Is that your view, that he had no connection with this organization? Senator Lee. Okay, you're refusing to answer because it's obviously indefensible and false. Absolutely. Just a complete <laughs> dressing down of the Dixter there. That was hilarious. That's a great feud. So, there's a report out from the Department of Justice today. 575 pages. It was finalized today in regards to the school shooting that took place in Uvalde, Texas, uh, May 24th in 2022. That was the mass shooting that killed 19 students and two teachers. The DOJ report says critical failures in leadership among specific law enforcement officers who rushed into the mass shooting at the elementary school are to blame for the casualty number being higher than what it should have been. I think we all knew this. Right. The official statement from the report says, quote, the response to the May 24th, 2022 mass casualty incident at Robb Elementary School was a failure. It took 77 minutes from when the 18-year-old shooter walked into the school until he was stopped. 
Inexcusable. 77, 77 minutes. It goes on to say, quote, officers on scene should have recognized the incident as an active shooter scenario and moved and pushed toward immediately and continuously toward the threat until the room was entered and the threat was eliminated. That did not occur. Uh, in this case, I think people need to go to jail for sure. I mean, I definitely lose their jobs. Uh, this is just, it's so egregious, and it's stuff we already knew. It does these schools no good if you're going to make your resource officers people who are afraid to engage. Like, that doesn't do anybody any good. That's a losing proposition. If your resource officers or your local police department, for that matter, if they're not trained for this type of thing or if they're not ready to engage, that's a problem. And I think that's a fair conversation that a lot of schools need to have. Tell me if you're good with this, Nigel. The owners of a bar in the UK, the bar is called the Maltster's Arms. They've changed the name of their bar. It's no longer called Maltster's Arms. Okay. It's now called The Gym. Because... <laughs> I see what they did there. They want people to keep their New Year's resolution so husbands can tell their wives, I'm oh. going to the gym, and nobody's lying. I'm coming up. I'm doing this here in America. I'm doing this in Zionsville. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to the gym. See you later. See you in about six hours. Come back. Bar stamps. <laughs> smell like whiskey. Pants are half off. Really vigorous workout at the gym tonight. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions. And tigers. And bears. Oh, my. This is a case of life imitating art, Hammer. Passengers on a Thai Air Asia airplane scrambled out of their seats after a small snake was seen slithering in the overhead luggage bins. So it wasn't even on the floor. It was like above their heads. Yeah, I, I would still be a little unnerved, even though they're saying this is a small snake and it was a single snake, not not multiples of snakes. Right, but I'd, I'd be even more scared that it was above my head. I don't want it to fall on my dome. I can step on it if it's on the ground. Samuel Jackson, do you have anything for us? I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking there we go. Every time I hear that, I'm reminded of the awesome edited version of that clip when they show it on like basic cable where they have to clean it up. <laughs> I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Oh, Let me hear it one God. more time. I gotta hear that again. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> so and good. You know the thing is, Samuel L. Jackson. That's from the movie Snakes on the Plane. If you weren't aware, Samuel L. Jackson had to go back in and like recut that stuff. <laughs> he must have thought it was so stupid, or maybe he thought it was funny. I don't know. He that's probably so got ridiculous. an extra paycheck just to cut that, so yeah. he was fine with it. But I love it when these like filthy movies have to get edited down yeah, for funny. regular. TV or basic cable, like when Scarface had to get cleaned up. They sound like a great big chicken just waiting to be plucked. A great big chicken waiting to be plucked. 
That's not what he says. <laughs> that is not what Scarface says. He sound like a great big chicken just waiting to be plucked. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. And then there's the big Lebowski. And Nigel, I think you know exactly what happens here. You see what happens, Larry? You see oh. what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> when you find a stranger in the Alps? That's not what he says. That's not what uh, Walter was saying there when he was smashing uh, the uh, Corvette outside the guy's house. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it makes even less sense than this one. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes <laughs> on this Monday to Friday play. Monday to Friday play. <laughs> How have you had it with monkey fighting snakes? I'd love to see monkey fighting snakes. I can't get enough of monkey fighting snakes. If that's the entertainment on my flight, I'm here for it. Uh, mark your calendars. This Saturday, National Cheese Lovers Day. Oh, man, I get down with some cheese for sure. Arby's is celebrating by offering $2 Keys to the cheese keychains. Huh? And if you buy one of these special keychains, you will get unlimited cheddar sauce cups for the remainder of the year. <laughs> so if you buy curly fries. Yeah, I love a good uh, curly fry and some cheese sauce right. for sure. You show them the keychain, okay, you down. get the free cup of cheese. Or maybe if you're just a big fatty like me, you buy a couple beef and cheddars. There's not enough cheddar. You can dip More it cheddar. into yeah. your cup of cheese. So those will be available this weekend. But that brings us to great moments in cheese history. <laughs> Exclusively here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, great moments in cheese history. Ladies and gentlemen, Hunter Biden. You know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that re even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, anyone that you know. Oh, sure. gross. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you, Hunter. You've smoked more Parmesan cheese than anybody I know. And let the record clearly state, the President of the United States said, that's the smartest, smartest man, man he knows. Great moments in cheese history. This was a video that went viral. A daughter was recording the back and forth between her parents because I guess dad went to the grocery store yeah. and made the executive decision to buy 44 pounds of cheese. Why would no. you buy that much cheese? Because I was trying to FaceTime you, and you wouldn't answer the phone. So I made an executive decision. <laughs> I saw something labeled at a price, and I bought. And how much did you pay for that? Uh, approximately $10.44. And how many pounds of cheese? Probably that? like 20. <laughs> And what are we going to do? No clue. <laughs> it's about 20 pounds of Parmesan. Parmesan? <laughs> 44 pounds of cheese? <laughs> you know, look, if this guy tried to do the right thing and run him by his wife and FaceTime her and get permission and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, and she didn't pick up. That's on her. And you know what? That's an executive decision, and sometimes you just got to go with your gut. <laughs> Last but not least, great moments in cheese history. Yes. A number of years ago, 
ESPN's Stephen A. Smith was on the set of the NBA draft, and they went to a commercial break. It was broadcast on ESPN and ABC. So he gets his lunch out, and his lunch is a bag of like cheese puffs, cheese doodles. Some drunken fans in the stands, (laughs) I think this is in New York, start heckling Stephen A. Smith. Cheese doodles. Can't get enough of those damn cheese doodles. Stephen A. Smith, and these cheese doodles are delicious. They are the greatest thing I have ever eaten. I can't believe how good they are. Damn. Quite frankly, I think that if you gave me some more cheese doodles, I might have another one. I'd never heard that before. Stephen A's giving him the side eye the whole time. Great moments in cheese history. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Jason Hammer right over there with a couple of special guests on the WIBC hotline. It's been a busy day in regards to the Delphi murder investigations. And two of our friends that have been covering this story from the very beginning, uh, Anya and Kevin, they're with the Murder Sheet podcast. Anya, we'll start with you. Um, Let's go to the Supreme Court. Indiana Supreme Court early today was listening to some arguments from the defense team of Richard Allen, the man that's been suspected of killing uh, Abby and Libby. What was this about and what happened? Absolutely. So what today was all about was about the removal of the original defense team from Richard Allen's case. We, of course, saw them withdraw from the case after the judge called them grossly incompetent, grossly negligent, rather. And so what we're seeing now is they're fighting to come back on the case. That requires going to a higher court to possibly be reinstated. So what the original defense team is asking for, they want back on, they want judge go off, and then they say they want a trial in 70 days. Why did they want back on now? What they're saying is that they feel they were coerced off by Judge Gull. They said that even though they did withdraw within her chambers, that essentially she put them up to it by Mm. saying, you can either have a hearing where I'm going to say that you're incompetent and that you're negligent, or you can quit now. And so they quit. So what was it like inside the Indiana Supreme Court today? I was watching a little bit of the stream, and the movers and shakers were there. I saw uh, the investigators. I saw the prosecutor. I saw the Indiana State Police represented. Media was uh, there in a different way, but they were there. There was a lot of stuff going on. What was it like? The mood was uh, electric and tense because everybody in that room knows how much is at stake with this hearing and what this decision is, Whatever, however they rule. It's going to completely alter the outcome of what happens with this case. I cannot overstate the importance of it. So anybody who has a stake in this case, you mentioned the investigators, uh, family, uh, the prosecutor, the former defense attorneys, they were all there and they were just mesmerized as we all were by these really 
fascinating discussions by these really well-prepared lawyers. Now, when do we expect to get something back from the Indiana Supreme Court? So Loretta Rush, who is the chief justice, of course, signed off saying that they would try to get back to everybody pretty quickly. And what we understand from talking to some folks who are familiar with how they typically proceed, she doesn't always say that. So we don't know whether it's going to be days, weeks or months, but it seems like the Indiana Supreme Court is at least telling the public that they're taking this seriously and that they're going to try to get a prompt answer. What's the feeling like, Kevin, you're a lawyer. I, I it seems completely crazy to me that the the defendant can't have the lawyer that he wants to have. Is this, I mean, this is unusual, right? I mean, you don't see this happen a lot. You're absolutely right. It's very, very unusual because the attorney-client relationship is something that, uh, I'm probably overstating it, but in the minds of attorneys, it's almost sacred. You, You should be able to confide everything you want to your attorney. You should be able to pick your attorney, someone you trust, someone who you rely on. And so the argument is, is that by stepping in and encouraging these attorneys to leave, as she did, Judge Gull improperly severed that relationship. And of course, on the other side, the argument would be they were, they were messing up the case, they were doing damage to the case. And by doing this, they were ultimately damaging Richard Allen's rights. And so in order to protect his rights to the, to a fair trial, Goal, in her mind, had to remove them. So the other things that the Allen defense team was asking the Indiana Supreme Court to help them with, they want Gull removed from the case as the judge, and they also want the trial date to start within 70 days. So there were like three different things that were talked about today. Kevin, do you get a feel one way or the other about momentum? You know, did somebody win? Did somebody lose today, in your opinion? It's really hard to read tea leaves. But certainly from some of the comments made by the justices during the oral argument, they seemed really concerned that uh, an appropriate process had not been followed here. They seemed concerned that if you are going to remove an attorney from a case, you need to really talk with the defendant and make sure he's on board with it, make sure he understands why you're doing it, or if on the other hand, give him a chance to say no. I know that maybe it's against my interest to keep these attorneys, but I really, really trust them. The argument is Richard Allen should have had an opportunity to speak out and air his mind on this. And you know what? I've heard and I've seen that same thing on social media that say what you want about the case or say what you want about Richard Allen. It seemed like his defense team made valid points today. Yeah, I I mean, I would say that This is such a serious issue when it comes to Richard Allen's constitutional rights. And, I mean, he's he's not up against, um, you know, mild charges here. He's he's accused of murdering, brutally murdering two girls. So I think that people who care about the way this process works need to understand that he he deserves and, and, you know, is required to have the best defense he can possibly have in such a serious situation. So at the very least, the Supreme Court in this case, seems to be indicating that they're taking this very seriously. Yeah, did the leaked photos of the crime scene come up today at all? Yes, they did. Uh, They were brought up, and essentially, they came up in a few different contexts. Um, You know, Loretta Rush indicated at one point, I believe she 
noted that there were questionable things, you know, that the, uh, the defense attorneys were accused of doing or allowing to happen. But on the other side, they were also asking the the judge's lawyer, essentially, you know, what is the damage caused by yeah. the release of these images? How bad is it really? And so he was given an opportunity to speak to that. Now, in regards to those leaked uh, photos that came from the defense office, the guy that did that was also in a separate court today, right? That's correct. He's in court in Johnson County, Indiana. And of course, they have a special prosecutor there to deal with that whole situation. But he had a pretrial hearing today, is our understanding. Okay. And one more thing here before we let you go. Again, we're speaking with Anya and Kevin of the Murder Sheet. Uh, They've been covering the Delphi murder investigation, like us, since day one. They've been talking about it, doing a great job. There have been additional charges requested uh, from the prosecutors now. I just saw this earlier today. What's going on here? Yeah, this literally just happened. Uh, Before today, he had been facing two charges of what's basically felony murder. That means he was committing the felony of kidnapping, and in the course of that, two people lost their lives. So now they are adding to that. In addition to the two charges of felony kidnapping, they, they wish to add two charges of kidnapping and then also two charges of murder on top of that. Okay, so this is still with the Delphi murders. This isn't anything new. They haven't found any new smoking gun. This is just basically adding some charges on top, right? Exactly. Hey, before I let you guys go, totally separate question. I just got to ask. I'm really curious um, about what you guys do. I know you cover more than just the Delphi on your podcast, on Murder Sheet Podcast. My wife and I just started watching uh, Only Murders in the Building with uh, with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, and we love it. And I'm just wondering if what you guys do in the industry you work in, is it as glamorous and dramatic and witty as it is? Uh, in real life as you know compared to murder only murders in the building oh my gosh i wish it was we watched the first season of that show loved it yeah. i love selena's looks in that but we don't dress like that we are not that witty or charming also the episode the episode that i found so relatable though when they're watching their episode downloads come in they have like 17 listens and they get really excited about that that is how it feels in the beginning <laughs> i was wondering just wondering about that you guys do a great job and if anybody oh, wants you know more uh, information or to follow your work where can they go um, we're on all podcast platforms. Just look up the murder sheet. That's S-H-E-E-T. And we should pop up and you can follow along. We do lots of different cases. We do a lots of weekly episodes. So, you know, you can listen to some, not listen to others, listen to all of them. Either way. Anya and Kevin, Murder Sheet Podcast. Hey, great job as always. Keep us up to date and we'll talk again soon. Amazing. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Are you okay? Are you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! 
Hammer, NBC is under fire for omitting C.J. Stroud's Jesus reference. C.J. Stroud, uh, the uh, superstar rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans. They edited out his Jesus reference in the field interview after their playoff win last week. Are you okay with this? No, not at all. So what happened was, if you watch the game live, um, after the big win that the Texans had against the Browns, uh, they're on the field, they're talking to C.J. Stroud, he thanks Jesus, and then he moves on to give his answer. But when NBC went back to post that clip on social media later, when they put it on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, they edited out his Jesus reference. First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been. <laughs> and they wow. cut out the Jesus wow. reference. No, this is not okay. This sucks because I promise you that if C.J. Stroud would have talked about Black Lives Matter or some political activist thing that lefties eat up, it would have been fine. It wouldn't have been oh, left if, on the cutting room floor. If he would have thanked Allah, yeah, there would have been no editing whatsoever. None. None whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, that's a problem for me. Not okay with it. Last night, Portland Trailblazers star DeAndre Ayton missed the team's game. Like, missed the entire game because he was trapped in his neighborhood due to the icy roads. Are you okay with this? <laughs> no! No! You're a millionaire! Multiple times over! You gotta find a way to get to the ball game. So, Ayton who missed the previous 11 games because he had an injury, uh, was cleared to play, but didn't take precautions, I guess. The neighborhood was really slick. Portland has gotten a really bad winter storm up there. Now, the head coach of the Blazers is Chauncey Billups. Used to play for the Pistons back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, He said, quote, Aiton tried to combat the sheet of ice leading out to his neighborhood, and the team even sent people to help, but nothing worked. So here's my question. (laughs) Wait a minute. They sent people to help? Right. Why didn't he go back with the team? Yeah! If the team is sending people over there, and they're like, we can't do anything. These roads are too icy. Why didn't he hitch a ride with the people that came by his neighborhood? Now, the background on this cat was he was born in the Bahamas, played college ball at Arizona, was drafted by the Phoenix Suns before going to the Blazers. He's never had to put up with any of that kind of weather crap. (laughs) Right. He has no idea what to do, but come on. You can't get to the ballgame. The fans made it. All the other players made it. But you, (laughs) you couldn't make it, and you didn't hitch a ride with the guys from the team that tried to help you out? Not okay with that. So there is a Chuck E. Cheese TV game show for adults in the works. Let me repeat that. A Chuck E. Cheese TV game show for adults in the works. It's some L.A.-based producer of unscripted TV shows like Top Chef are doing this. They're creating this game show based on you know, the, the arcade experience for adults at Chuck E. Cheese. Are you okay with this? Not only am I okay with this, I want to apply to be a contestant. Crystal Hammer and I could be <laughs> ringers in this game because what it's going to be is that Couples, two people, you don't have to be a couple, I guess, but two people 
compete against other teams, and you play arcade games to win tickets. Love so it. we're talking about air hockey, uh, ski ball, ski the ball. claw game, video games, pinball. You do all of that to earn like the tickets, like you would at a normal Chuck E. Cheese, and then you can use those tickets with the big adult <laughs> prizes that they've got up on the wall, like a trip to the Bahamas, you know, booze, you know, cruises, all that type of stuff. Because I'm telling you right now, crazy plain lady, I am telling you right now, <laughs> I am the best claw machine player in the state of Indiana. Oh, wow. And I will beat anybody in air My hockey. nine-year-old might disagree with you on that one. Oh, bring it. Oh, uh, Bring boy. it, bring it, bring uh, it on. What were some of the video games? I mean, I'm old enough to remember when it was Showbiz Pizza on right. West 38th Street. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. I would hop in the big, that Petri dish full of balls, the plastic <laughs> balls when I was a kid. Loved it. Um, I played Super Mario Brothers, uh, King Kong, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was fun to play. I always died pretty quick on that one. Um, Turbo, uh, what's the racing game? Pole the, position. Pole position. Like, so many good memories. The audio quality so was so memories. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and was. then you can go a little bit old school, like because I grew up in that era of like Pac-Man and Centipede and Space Invaders. You get me those video games, yeah, bring the tickets on, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I don't care if you're six years old or 66-year-old, you want a piece of me in air hockey, you're going to get your doors blown off. A South Carolina man saved his chihuahua from being attacked by a coyote! Coyote! That's the only reason I did this song. Or I did this story, Hammer. Uh, he grabbed a coyote by the tail. Coyote! He put it in a big dumpster. Here is Tim talking about his thought process when he got the coyote! Coyote ran out. Instead of her coming towards me, she ran towards the coyote. All right, even if I had got bit and got rabies or something, I could get treated for him. But if she had got bit, it was over. Yeah, this guy ended up did have to go to the doctor and get like nine rabies shots. Oh, sucks! I heard they're pretty painful. Like, is that urban legend or is that true? Like, if no, you I get a rabies shot, is it like the most painful shot in your abdomen imaginable, or is that just a scare tactic that no, I heard growing I think, up? I would I would assume nine sh- nine rabies shots uh, in a row would be pretty painful. But just, like, is it like a normal shot in the arm, or is it this yeah, big know. long needle yeah. like the guy used to have in Cannonball <laughs> Run, and he sticks it in your belly button? <laughs> And he's got like a plunger, and he pushes it in and out. Like, there's a big difference in those types of shots. I don't know. Knock on wood, I've never had to have a rabies shot. But uh, I don't think I want to know what that shot is like. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now... And Nigel go off the rails with rock. Noise pollution. 
It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. You had a really interesting comparison, I thought, on your show earlier this morning, comparing Donald Trump to the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, can you dive into that just a little bit and tell me what you were talking about? So, if you look at Donald Trump, this presidential election, he should win this as long as all the jelly beans are counted appropriately, yeah. which is a big if. But let's just operate from the standpoint that they, they all are counted correctly. He should win this overwhelmingly based on the, the popularity of Biden and the direction of the country. Everybody hates Biden. He's got record low approval ratings. The country's a mess. And Donald Trump should, by default, win the presidency. If Donald Trump can keep himself from being Donald Trump, because <laughs> like, as, as stupid as we think it is, there's a lot of people out there who vote based on how they feel about a person rather than the fact that the other guy's policies are destroying my he way of life. He seems like the kind of guy I would have a beer yes, with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Those yeah, what, like, who cares? Like, but there are many people who vote that way. And to me, it is very similar to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. If you look at the the you know the penultimate moments of the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys, it was when they were coached by Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. Switzer yeah. And both of those guys said, I got to get the heck out of here because this guy, Jerry Jones, cannot stand not being the face and making all the choices and basically quasi-coaching the players from the owner's booth. So the blueprint for Jerry Jones to win, you own the Dallas Cowboys, you're super rich, people want to play there, they'll go there to play for you. Just get out of the way and put a football person in charge and shut up. And he could never do it. And it's sort of the same thing with Trump. Just shut up. Just just stop being controversial. Stop making people not like you. Just go hide in your basement for the next nine months, and you'll probably be the president. But, Rob, he can't. He's in court for every other week for something different. Felonies, uh, uh, civil lawsuits, that kind of thing. Insurrections. Yeah. But the court thing actually works for him as long as he doesn't act like Donald Trump, because the American people view the court stuff as election interference or whatever. The problem is, he go when he goes out there and goes on social media and he starts talking about women's appearances or calling them bird brain or you know, whatever. It's just, it's just, it was interesting to me, the parallels, because Jerry Jones had a real chance here. You got Bill Belichick out there. You've got uh, uh, Harbaugh, uh, out Vrabel, there. Harbaugh. But these are alpha dudes who are going to want to be the face and, and run the whole ship. And he's going to go back with Mike McCarthy again. Why? Because Mike McCarthy, as he's hired for basically almost the past 30 years now, save for Bill Parcells, is a yes man toady who will let Jerry be the face and the cow Cowboys are going to win 12 games the next year again in the regular season <laughs> and lose in the first round to the Buccaneers or whoever. And just like Jerry Jones, who there's this iconic video that was seen at a game where he hands his glasses to somebody. One of his lackeys cleans it and hands it back to him. Donald Trump's kind of the same way, right? Yeah, he just can't get out of his own way. Surrounds himself with yes-men, and if you try to tell him, hey, it might not be a good idea for you to call this porn star horse face, yep. he gets rid of you. And that's the onus of Trump, just like the onus of Jerry Jones to win would simply be put a football person in charge and sit in the box and cheer when they score touchdowns. If Trump would just totally just talk about, here's my plan for the economy, here's my plan for the border, here's my plan for Ukraine, and just leave everything else out of it, he would win so easily, but he will not be able to do it. All right, keeping it in the NFL owner family here, yeah. uh, Jim Ursay story broke yesterday morning that looks like he OD'd uh, at his home in early December. You are somebody that's been very critical 
of Jim Ursay because you do not live in Marion County, but yet you're still paying for the stadium. You have a problem with the family saying respect our privacy at this time? Yeah, you don't get any privacy when you're going to take my money by force. And that's how Jim Ursay, who's a billionaire uh, who inherited this, the team from his father, pays for that stadium he takes my money and so just like with lloyd austin the defense secretary asking for privacy no 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 no. you're a public official who takes money from me as a taxpayer so i have the right to know what's going on with you with jim ursay i was sold on you and your franchise that this is such a great deal and i've got to just shut up and pay and you take money by force from me i have the right to know if you're uh, uh, dr- wait a minute so you want to see this guy's personal Personal, private medical history. Yeah. You want to be bedside holding his hand, Rob? <laughs> no, 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 no. If I'm going to be forced to be invested in you, like I don't have a choice. They don't say, Rob, would you like to pay extra taxes for Lucas Oil Stadium? They say, Rob, you will pay extra taxes for Lucas Oil Stadium. If you're going to force me and I'm supposed to be investing in you, I have the right to know who I'm investing with. And this guy is a colossal train wreck and addiction is very serious and it has affected many, many people. And I hope, look, at this point, he's probably not not capable of breaking this addiction if it's still happening, but I, I hope he's able to. But I don't want to be investing in a guy who clearly still has major issues with addiction up to and including maybe he was actually dead and they had to bring him back to life. So I get it. You're very upset that you've had to pay for a stadium against your will. Do you think it was a good investment for the city of Indianapolis? No, it was a great investment for Jim Irsay. It was a great investment for elitist <laughs> people who live downtown. They sold this to me in Brownsburg. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Uh, well, people who live downtown, I'm saying. Uh, they sold this to me in Brownsburg. Well, it'll be great for you when people come to our events. They'll stay in hotels. Stay in hotels in Brownsburg to go to Lucas Oil Stadium? No way! It's been a it's been, it's been a colossal money grab in which a bunch of lawmakers who wanted to puff their chests out and a governor who wanted to win re-election sold this bill of goods to the people of Indiana and they got us in bed with this guy on this thing that is really never going to be paid off, not in our lifetimes, basically. It and let's face it, I. I mean, it, it is a money grab, and it is a money grab from the people of the suburbs to benefit the city of Indianapolis. So what do you want the Ursa family to do? A daily presser? He's still asleep. There. Does that make you happy, Rob? No, I want him out of the game because I don't want to be invested. Would you want this guy, let's say this guy was running Urban One. Would you have faith that this guy is running Urban One efficiently or effectively? I worry about the succession plan because at least I know Jim Ursa is not going to move the team. He's vested in here. He would have left a long time ago if he did not want to be here. Now, the kids, on the other hand, they say all the right things, but... I don't know. If you told me right now, look, I'm a Bears fan. I know you guys are huge Colts fans. And look, I'm a Colts fan by choice yeah. because we need extra home games in the playoffs. <laughs> See that little joke I told there to try to pay for this thing. I'm a Bears fan. I live in Brownsburg. I have no interest whatsoever if there's a Taylor Swift concert or a Colts game or whatever. If you told me tomorrow, Rob, the Colts are going to leave. 
but I will stop taking the extra money from you and the billions at this point, which it will be before it's all said and done, of extra money we're taking from people to benefit a select group of people. I would be okay with that. I would not shed a tear on the Colts leaving. But you know they would take your money and do other bull crap with it. They're not just going to say, here's a refund. We're not going to do anything. If my money is going to have to go somewhere, at least make it something that makes the city vibrant. But but the the, the tax was specifically for Lucas Oil Stadium. So, the, first of all, the Which I think makes the city better. I really do. I do, too. Well, and th- that's, that's fine. But that is not my job as someone who doesn't live in Indianapolis to make Indianapolis better. The people of the same way as I don't expect you got you in Beach Grove or you in Zionsville to pay for something that makes Brownsburg better. That's Although the, Brownsburg will try. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, they will try. My, my thing is this guy can't get his act together. It is clear the addiction is far more powerful than something that he can overcome. And I, as a taxpayer, if you're going to take my money, I'm going to be up in your business. If you don't want to take my money, none of my business whatsoever. But if you're going to take my money by force, I'm going to be critical of your inability to get your act together going off the rails with Rob Kendall here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Anything at all interest you about what happened in Iowa, the Iowa caucuses this past week? No. <laughs> I mean, Nothing? It, well, I mean, it was it was what we had predicted. Donald Trump won overwhelmingly. Ron DeSantis is incapable of connecting with people. And I'm not sure even if he could connect with people, it would have made any difference. Don't you guys think most of this is the base of the Republican Party is it has been for a while on a revenge tour? for 2020 and it wouldn't matter you could have dug reagan up from the grave and put him out there and it wouldn't have made any difference you're right and i've said this before i think ron DeSantis would be the best at governing if he became the president but he comes off as somebody that's not likable he's awkward in the public he has bizarre smiles you know he does weird things with his hands and his head bob which is odd because this is a dude that you know has been like an alpha his whole life you played college baseball yeah. you served the country why is he so awkward in the public i just think and i said this to you yesterday hammer i just don't think it, it was his time i think he should have waited another four years I think DeSantis. That I think is. Ron DeSantis is one of these people. And your kid plays sports, and you were an athlete, and and so you probably get this. There are certain people in athletics where things always come easy to them, and they never have to work for something. And it's why you see a lot of guys who will get drafted very high, like in the NFL, and then they just bomb out because now you're not the best, and you don't have the work ethic. I think everything has always come kind of easy for DeSantis. Good looking guy. He was in the military. He was in the Little League World Series. He was a college athlete. I mean, I think while he worked, he certainly worked as a candidate. I think things came easy to him, and I don't think he was capable of getting down in the muck and mire and running the sort of campaign necessary to deal with the behemoth that was Trump and the Trump people. I mean, we all know there's a lot of Trump people who are great, they're phenomenal, they're wonderful. We know and we chuckle about them all the time. There are some complete lunatics who are uh, team-only Trump. What's up with the Brownsburg school superintendent? He gone! Uh, Why didn't you like that guy? (laughs) How long you got? (laughs) About three minutes. Uh, Well, look, Jim Stapp. Well, he got pushed out. Uh, you don't know exactly why, because the school board there won't tell you anything. So you have to have people like me who have sources. He basically got pushed out. He got into bed with these leftist lunatics who run that place, the DEI, CRT, SEL crowd, Hilton and school Heffernan and, and- uh, Mike Wells and the rest of those people. And the problem is when you placate Marxists and communists and socialists, they'll eat you eventually. That's the tenet of the thing. They must keep eating. They so must- he, he's getting pushed out? Oh, he got he quit. Yeah, oh, he, he quit. He, he, quit. He, he was voluntold. Yes, his he, services are no longer needed. Now they they 
depending on who you talk to, he p- pushed him out because while Snap was a, a liberal, he wasn't a complete radical lunatic, and they're demanding radical lunacy because he's that's not left enough. Le- yeah, and if that guy's not left enough. You're 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 in big trouble. The problem for Jim Snap is he when he had the board on his side as he did for many many years, he was a bullier and an intimidator and a big guy who liked to throw his weight around and finally caught up with them. But look, here here was my thing on this. He's the devil I know, and I know certain things with him weren't going to happen. I know the devil that is going to make the choice of the new devil, and that devil ain't going well for the people of the community. So, Who's the devil? Everyone in this case. I mean, I mean look, they're going to go further left. These people are maniacs. People like Wells. Put and it Hilton. in Indy's terms here. Zach Adamson was a super leftist on the city council. Yeah. He lost in the primary to a socialist. Yeah. And, and that's that's great. That's perfect because the superintendent they're going to hire if you thought it was bad before it's like people say well i thought you didn't like him i don't i thought you wanted him fired i do but i don't want the guy fired if i know what's coming next is way worse and the reality is it's going to be way further left the indoctrination in that school system is going to amp up to a level you've never seen before and it's not going to be good and i know that's your hometown that's where you live at but why should somebody care about what's happening in brownsburg if they're listening right now in avon or franklin or somewhere like that because it's happening there because the republicans in in the indiana legislature will not do the right thing which is force people to run on a party affiliation like every other elected office you have these school boards boards. yeah in these in these these suburban communities they're getting gobbled up everywhere it's happening where you are if it hasn't it will and it, it it's coming soon to a community near near you what is coming up on the kendall and casey show tomorrow well we're going to get into whatever happened today you know we're still sorting through what happened at the state supreme court with the whole delphi thing that thing to me is fascinating the idea that a guy couldn't pick his own legal counsel i think that is crazy if the supreme court doesn't let that guy pick his own counsel we'll get into all things delphi which i know you guys have been front and center on covering today special thanks to garage doors of indianapolis you guys are the best he's off the rails he's rob kendall it's the hammer and nigel show raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.